Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha, where we share our love for spooky things ooh, and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. I don't know where that ooh came from, but it just felt necessary. (laughs) (laughs) I was taking a voiceover class. I think that's where that came from, guys. Sorry. (laughs) You're inspired. I was. Well, listen, let's talk about inspiration because today... We are talking about the 2022 American slasher film, Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. I was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you going to do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. And Evo really died tonight, guys. We think. We'll see. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so this movie was directed by David Gordon Green, and it was written by Green, Danny McBride, Paul Brad Logan, and Chris Bernier. Do you guys know anything else that they um, wrote? I think this is the first time I'm hearing these names. Well, uh, I know I'm, Danny McBride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Danny, yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and David Gordon Green is also now doing the um, – the Exorcist like reboot trilogy, whatever they're doing on like Paramount. Mm. So like we'll oh. talk. Let's at the like we'll talk about what hands we think those are in at this point too. Okay. Yes, that'll be good. Oh, I guess like they they've worked together before. Like them two mm. have worked together on Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, The Righteous Gemstones. So mm. like all of those like big comedies that Gemstones. Danny McBride's typically in, they collaborate. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Danny McBride definitely sounded familiar, but I didn't know for sure. But he's a, in the comedy world. He's so. bending down is one of the greatest things of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Whoa! Yes, greatest things. Beautiful. Well, this movie, of course, stars our lovely Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, reprising her role as Laurie Strode, and we have James Jude Courtney slash Nick Castle. Um, he. So James Jude Courtney is the stunt double for mm. Michael, and then Nick actually is faith is the face of Michael Myers, and uh, this is them coming back reprising those roles. Then we have Andy Matichok, Will Patton, and Rowan Campbell rounding out the cast, and this is the thirteenth and hopefully final installment in the Halloween chain, but. You know, give it about 10 years, and I feel like there'll be something on the horizon. 10? Give it, I give it three. 
<laughs> and they'll so, pull a scream. <laughs> producer Brian here. Um, so what happens is the ho- this will be the last Halloween movie under the Blumhouse banner because mm. with this movie releasing, the film rights, like the film series rights, actually reverts back to producer Malik uh, Akkad following the release of this movie. So like this will mm. be the end of like the Blumhouse stuff. This will be mm. the end of like this trilogy, obviously, and this story. But like the Halloween rights revert back to somebody else after this movie is now released. So oh, could be, wow. we'll see. It's like public domain stuff. And now you can just redistribute it however you want to. Yeah. <laughs> like the Grinch is getting a horror movie. It's all oh, wild. Oh, God. Oh my god. <laughs> or like that Santa the Santa one. Oh, Violent Night that's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's like not hor- I don't know if they're considering that horror, but I mean Violent <laughs> Night Definitely. that's enough. <laughs> I don't know if that's like I don't know like does Santa Claus count as like public domain, I guess, right? Mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, does someone <laughs> own the rights to Santi? I don't know. To the Santa Vatican. Claus. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, obviously heavy spoilers for Halloween, and I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit of some of the other movies. So catch up if you need to catch up. There are 13 movies. (laughs) And then come back and listen to us. Do your homework, guys. And uh, Jamie, are there any trigger warnings for this? Um, you know, it's a, it's a slasher flick. So there are lots of insides on the outside of Mm -hmm. all varieties um, so I, I mean, I think, yeah, just lots of slashing and dashing and, and ripping and prancer roaring. and dancer. And <laughs> I guess I got Santa Claus still. On, on my right. <laughs> no, we got to purge. It's, it's October. Purge all other all holidays the, yep, from yep. your brain. Exactly. We are in Halloween mode, people. Get it out. Get it out. And I'll go <laughs> as far as to say that Halloween continues until December. So. Sure. My my switch over is the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so spooky season continues, baby. Yeah. Spooky spooks. <laughs> so before we get into everything that is Halloween ends, uh, Producer Brian, do you have some words for the people out there? Yeah, sure. Um, hey, everybody. Producer Brian, follow along with us on all social media at um, Talk Horror Pod. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Check us out in all those places. Um, and then during October, we're doing a super fun. I watch a new horror movie every day or rewatch, and, and I'm doing some of that. So check that out. Um, and then, of course, you can find us wherever you get podcasts. Um, but thanks for uh, tuning in. Oh, and if you're on YouTube, hi. Um, we're also on YouTube, so you can watch all these videos and us be, you can watch us be idiots as opposed to just listen to us. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Have fun for you. (laughs) Very entertaining. We are, Mm -hmm. I think. So (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Well, is there anything new that you guys have watched? I will say that I finally, finally sat my butt down and watched all of the OG VHS movie. Oh, nice. In preparation for whenever we discuss the new one that is mm-hmm. is coming out. But I've always started the movie and stopped it for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I finally got through it. And I think I just like the stories that are further in better than the first couple of ones. Sure. But I get it. It's cute. It's a cute anthology. I'm excited for the uh, the second one. 
What is it? VH, uh, VH so something? It's, it's VHS, VHS2, VHS mm-hmm. Viral, VHS94, mm-hmm. and then VHS99 is coming out this month. And then next year is VHS85. <gasps> okay. Keep going back in time. So, oh, you, so you only watch the first one? I only watched the first one. Do you have a ranking of your favorite uh, segments from that movie? I will say that I really enjoyed the trip with the boyfriend and the girlfriend. And then somebody was coming in and out of the hotel. And then it ends up that the girl and the girls were, they killed the boyfriend and took his money. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. that was amazing. So um, you're telling me your favorite one was the Ty West directed one. <gasps> no way. Yeah. 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 We stand Ty West over here. <laughs> I think he's my, my, new, um, my new fave. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I did. When, when the credits came up and I saw his name, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I didn't realize that he was associated uh, with, with that movie. So, yeah. Um, I, th- I will say I, the one that I liked the least was the, the guys going through trying to find a VHS tape with the old man. Oh, yeah. Like the narrative mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Totally. Why yeah. are we going back to this? Find me something new. Mm-hmm. And then the the whole uh, haunted house at the end was so campy, but I loved it. Oh yeah, with mm-hmm. the bear costume. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that was a uh, that was radio silence, which did the newest scream. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like everyone who, at least in the in this first one, has has done like a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. in the horror world. I, I mean, I yeah. think they mostly continue to like work on the VHS movies too. Yeah. Well, it's a good team because it was it was very entertaining and out the box and I just loved how it was filmed. It was mm-hmm. it was really fun to to sit there and watch. And it, way more gruesome than I anticipated. That girl who had the tracking device in her arm. Oh it was like, yeah. Yeah. On FaceTime just trying to like scratch it out. I liked that mm-hmm. one too. That was Yeah. Fun. My favorite is the um the uh the the um bachelor party one the like guys night out with the siren oh yeah amateur oh, night the amateur David night one. yeah that's mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. one when you said when you said gory i was like oh yeah they dropped somebody like like yeah, yeah. that was yeah i can't wait <laughs> for us to to cover the other ones but i'm going to continue mm-hmm. wa- watching uh the rest of them i didn't realize there were that many before the the next one that's about to come out so i got to catch up and do my homework let me do it <laughs> <laughs> what have y'all watched this week um, I watched Deadstream, which is a new uh, a new one on Shutter. Mm. It's like a live streaming, so like kind of found footagey, but live streaming comedy horror. Mm. Um, and it's about this guy who is this like YouTube personality, and he like he did something bad. He lost all his sponsorships, and so he's trying to like win back his audience and sponsorships by going into this like supposedly haunted house and, and live oh, streaming wow. the whole thing. Um, and it was, it was really entertaining cause he's like not a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you're kind of rooting for like the spooky things to happen to him. Yeah, um, but that. it's, it was very, it was very entertaining. And I think all of the effects are practical effects, everything, mm. um, which I was very impressed by. Yeah. So it's streaming now. On Shudder and uh, yeah, Deadstream. Yeah, Shudder, come on in and help us out. Woo-woo. And uh, you know, we'll hey, Shudder, you. hey, Shudder, it's producer Brian. Uh, we'd love for you to sponsor us. Thank you so much. Love. Have a great day. We love, love it. Thank it. you. Thank um, you. That has been our Shudder shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
good. Um, oh, guys, we cannot go one moment without at least acknowledging the Megan trailer. That oh, came yeah. Out. Oh, my God. I st- I'm saying it right now. I stand Megan. She is. Yes. Move out of the way, Annabelle. Go Chucky. somewhere else, Chucky. Megan, you, I mean, like between the dance moves, the TikTok I can't, dances. I can't not watch anybody on TikTok, like do impressions of her. They yeah. do them very well too. Even like the flip that she does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't care what the quality of this movie is, is going to be. I'm going to watch it. And, and give it up for the marketing team because they knew who their audience was and yeah. they knew mm-hmm. what to put in that trailer. Totally. Absolutely. People who don't even go out for spooky spooks will be in the theaters to see to see Megan because mm-hmm. she's uh, what uh, what people say on TikTok for the the she's gays and days. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Everyone will be in attendance, and I can't wait. I want to try to throw a a, a watch party with the Hamilton cast. So oh my god! Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> go watch it in the theater. That's amazing. I just had to bring it up because yeah. I know we've watched it a million times. <clears throat> um, okay. Oh wait, oh, wait. Yes. two more things. Uh, we started Midnight Club. Finally. Oh yes. Uh, we're three episodes in. So far, digging it, really enjoying it. It has this. It's very interesting because it's it's like half goosebumps. Are you afraid of the dark? But then half Flanagan. Ooh. So you get that like grief that you're working through human emotions, like connections and all of that. And then you get the spooky spooks along with like this like young because it's based on a young adult novel. Um, mm-hmm. It feels very young adult. Obviously, there are teens starring in it and young adults, but like. It definitely feels like elevate. I hate saying this, but like I, I didn't mean this as that. But like it feels like a. I won't use elevate. It feels like a more layered, um, mm-hmm. young adult uh, story. So we're three in. Excited about that. And just uh, my mom started to has binged uh, Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor in like two days, and is currently watching Midnight Mass, and she's like obsessed. So that was. That was like she, like crazy. So Flanagan all mom. over the house in our family. Woo-woo. Yes. Well, we stand Flanagan as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to get started on that. You know how many episodes are in the um, season? I think it's 10. 10. Okay. So many good things to watch. Yeah. Fantastic. Is that yeah. all that y'all have watched this week? Yeah. Let's let's get in. Let's, let's end this. Let's oh. end this. Oh, okay. But we need a plot summary of how it ended. So Brian raised his hand. I'll and- do it. What's the plot? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's set you up. All right. You have two minutes on the clock to tell us everything about what happens in Halloween Ends. Are you ready? I've <laughs> never been more ready for anything in my life. That's probably not true, but let's do this. Wow. No, very impressive. All right. And ready, set, what happened? Go. Uh, So this is Halloween Ends. It takes place four years after Halloween Kills. We open with a babysitter accidentally killing a kid, but because there's like the... um, uh, the 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 Michael Myers is kind of in the background of all their heads because of the horrible things. Um, Lori has kind of turned the corner. She's trying to live her life a little bit more um, free than she did before. Um, her granddaughter is now a nurse in Haddonfield, but Haddonfield is different. There's a lot more like aggressive nature. People are mean to Lori because they she brought this evil back into town. And then the boy. Um, who um, killed the other boy was acquitted um, and he's more of an adult now he starts to date 
Lori's granddaughter. The two, you know, there's a lot. He runs into Michael Myers in the uh, in the sewers. Um, you know, we'll talk about if evil passes to him or if he's always been evil. Um, but he starts killing in the name of Michael Myers. Um, he beats up some uh, band geeks because, as we all know, band geeks, marching band geeks, are the the bullies of high school. Um, and then essentially what happens here is that he starts doing it on behalf of Michael, but Lori sees something in his eyes that reminds her of Michael. Um, and then at the end, um, she's trying to break them up, her granddaughter and uh, Corey. And then um, Corey ends up uh, dying, um, kills himself in front of Lori because Lori goaded him essentially. Um and then Michael shows back up, and then Michael and Lori have a showdown. Michael um, almost pins Lori. Lori kills Michael along with her granddaughter, and then the whole town gathers to crush his bones and watch him die. And then Lori finds love again with the sheriff. Um, the end. That was you said twenty seconds left. Oh, um, Lori's granddaughter leaves town. Um, everybody forgives each other, and Halloween ended. Uh, and, and, um, and there's a, there's a lot of meta stuff, um, that has to do with the original Halloween movies, as well as Haddonfield as a whole, um, Haddonfield feels almost like Gotham, like a character, um, in the Batman movies. And you are. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I added too much there, but you know what I mean? No, it was still great. That was a really great summary. (laughs) And way more than what I could have remembered that happened in that movie. (laughs) And I just watched it yesterday. Nikisha, did you go to the movies or did you watch it on Peacock? No, I watched it on Peacock. Yeah, that's too. Yeah. I, I couldn't get – well, the movie theater scene here is not super great where I am, so I'm happy that this was streaming so we could watch mm. it. But let's get into it, guys, and talk about our likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Jamie, would you like to go first? Sure. Let me pull up my notes. All right. <laughs> we have so many notes. Oh, oh God. I'm so excited. All right. Basically, I, I've heard that this film is very divisive. Some people are happy with it. Some people are not happy with it. And I will share off the bat, this movie is not for me. I am not happy with this. <laughs> and I don't have anything you know bad to say about other people who enjoy this movie. Um, but for me, this was not the satisfying conclusion that I was hoping for. Um, my biggest gripe is that like, I don't give two, two craps about Corey. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you introducing this character that is supposedly so integral to this story in the third and final chapter of, of this whole trilogy of this, like, I I get that there is a thesis that they are trying to say in all of these films, but it just feels so unearned and lazy Mm -hmm. because like, I don't care about this guy at all. The weird relationship that like suddenly is budding with Corey and Allison, like how does she know who he is? Like they're talking to each other as if they've known each other their whole lives. But I'm like, who is that? He just showed up. He literally just showed up. Like, why do I care? I do not care about Corey. There was so much attention on him. And that like, you know, for people who weren't crazy about it, that's what I feel like the biggest complaint is. They came to see a Halloween movie mm-hmm. and Michael Myers you only see for like, you know, the briefest of moments. What Corey also is like stronger. He's able to like take his mask physically off. defeat Michael Myers. Like, yeah, he took he takes his mask 
Um, why does Michael decide not to kill him? Like all these things just like don't make any sense to me. And I feel like are not consistent with like, you know, and I know that we've gotten a thousand bajillion, you know, it's a chain. It's a chain that has like restarted and restarted again and rebooted again. Mm -hmm. So like there's all of these things, but the through line is always the first one. So I'm just like, why are we saying that he's now like, he is discriminately killing people. He's not just like killing whoever, like why is Corey so special? So mm-hmm. that is my biggest gripe. I do. My first note is literally, I do not care about Corey. My third <laughs> note is why is Corey so klutzy? Why is everyone just like, like it's it's like clownish it's just so ridiculous like human people don't I mean like I am clumsy but it's mostly me like you know slightly misjudging where my arm is in relation to a door frame I'm not like constantly throwing things all over the plate drop like it was between him being so clumsy but also being so strong and like more you know able than than Michael Myers who I also understand is very old at this point Mm-hmm. But still, like, this klutz is supposed to be murdering all these people? I don't think so. Like, that already does not make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like this movie treats the audience as if we are very dumb. Um, and they're, like, just – they're being so obvious about things. I literally paused the movie with the tarot card scene and wrote down, <laughs> oh, you pulled the te- the death tarot. It means the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new one. And I paused and I was like, are they, like, how stupid do they think that I am as the viewer? Like, you did not need to, you didn't need to say that. That mm-hmm. was like, that was the part you were supposed to just like show and not tell. Now you did both. And I feel like you think I'm the dumbest person on earth watching mm-hmm. this thing. So that really annoyed me. Um, <laughs> and I, I also, oh man, I really, really, really hate the trope of misunderstandings. Mm. It That also feels super lazy and like unearned because things can be very easily explained. And then for whatever reason, people just like stop communicating. And yeah. it's like they're seeing something and then it's like, oh, what, what, oh you, you're really the bad guy or I can't believe you did this. And it's like, why can't you just like pause and this is such an easy fix. Yeah. And it's so annoying that like I hate when movies do that. I hate when media does that. It feels super lazy to me because in real life people are, are, I mean, some people sure have a problem with communication and, and skills related to like expressing themselves. But like, I feel like it doesn't, it's not this extreme where it's like these like fundamental big things. They're just like getting lost because like people just aren't talking to each other. Like just talk. It doesn't make sense. What is happening? (laughs) I mean, like, Lori is such an excellent final girl. And, like, then all of these things that, you know, make her so great, I feel like they really disempowered her in this. And it's, like, so frustrating. Like, just mm-hmm. allow her to speak. She's such a different character from the the first Halloween, like, in this trilogy where she's, like – I mean, again, she's affected by this trauma. But mm-hmm. she's, like – she's such a badass and she's just – she's acting. But, like, at least I feel like she – you can get why she's acting in a certain way. This feels like her actions and like who she was are again, like not in concert with one another. And it just doesn't make sense. So many people are acting outside of their character that we've been able to see over these last two films. I'm like, who are these people? Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, Allison makes no sense in this movie. It's like, it's very Very hard to, to 
watch whatever she's doing and like the choices that she's making, it doesn't make sense. So I just kept writing down how I hate misunderstandings. It's so Mm -hmm. unnecessary. Uh, They're communicating so poorly. Um, No one in this town has manners. Everyone's a jerk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it's so annoying. And then again, I wrote, I hate misunderstandings. They are cheap. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I, the other two things I wrote down are when he said, I'm not interested in immortality. I was like, ugh, groan again, really dumb. I'm over, I'm over it. And then the last one was evil, evil changes shape. I just wrote dear God. Mm -mm. And then, and that, that was when I stopped taking notes because I was like, I can't, I can't. What, why am I, I'm not that dumb. I'm not that smart, but I'm not that dumb. You don't have to be so painfully obvious. Like let us figure some things out. Um, But they did not allow me to do so. And that is why this film is not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I'll piggyback off of that just because you said a lot of the things already. So I won't um, repeat. Uh, Truly the first thing that, I said, okay, that was an opening, <laughs> dot, 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 because I, I, you don't know where it's going to go, but you're, you're starting off something, like you said, Jamie, you're starting off this trilogy with a whole new story, and you're trying to do the thing where you, you know, they, it all has that kind of like opening. It feels like very Scream-esque of like, okay, we have to have our first kill. Here's the opening, blah, 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 whatever but you don't even have Michael Myers in it. And I checked it. He doesn't even, you don't even see Michael until 40 minutes in. And this is supposed to be the last movie that he is a part of. So yeah. And he's living in a drain for 40 years. He's living in a drain. And another thing I put that Brian (laughs) kind of mentioned, I said, not the band kids being bullies. No, (laughs) that is a, a major gripe. I did like the flashes of the OG movie. I know that that's not everybody's like bebop, but in, for some people who, you know, don't want to watch a whole stream of things to have something that's, I would rather you have clips from the old movie than try to recreate the clips from the old movie, you know, with like CGI or whatever the case may be. So it's like, yes, go ahead and just put the OG clips if you're going to put it in there. Fine. I like it. Um, I <laughs> I also put, did Michael pull a, uh, a Twilight, an imprint on Corey? <laughs> but when you <laughs> mentioned it, Jamie, it's... <laughs> It's weird because the kid at the beginning was like, Michael Myers doesn't kill kids. He kills babysitters, right? And so then this Corey accidentally kills the kid. And now Michael looks at his life and says, oh, yeah, I see that you've killed a kid. Here you go. I'll let you go free. And you kill other... Like that that through line doesn't make sense. Because if you want Corey to be like Michael, then there's, there is, you didn't make any relationship, like anything related to Michael with Corey. And it just all doesn't make sense, uh, to me. So whatever. Um, I have, I have questions that I'm going to ask you guys too, but it's the movie. It just could, it should have just been an hour in what 15 of like Lori and Michael going back and forth until it was the end. And I think everyone would be more satisfied than trying to, um, put commentary on things that don't need commentary. And we'll talk about that as well. And it's, yeah, give us, give the people what they want. It's just like the, the, the Friday the 13th movies. Like you can be campy and go to the extreme, but don't try to be a movie that has commentary on things and be so sloppy about it. And so like Jamie said, make the audience um, seem like they're 
stupid when that's not the case. Um, just have Michael and Lori going at it, and I think that it, it will be uh, totally fine. I will say, and this will be my last thing, the tongue death with the DJ was my favorite kill <laughs> out of the, that was out a of good the one. whole movie. That yes. was a good one. <laughs> Brian? Sure. Um, I did not enjoy this movie. However, I loved the opening sequence, and I loved the ambition of this movie. I think this movie's flaw is in its execution. I think this movie's intent mm. is fascinating. I, under, I understood what this movie was trying to do. I mean, they hammered it into our heads with the dad in the pool hall, the opening scene, the Nietzsche quote that the DJ has. Like, every the, the, the tarot card Jamie mentioned, every single scene in this movie had some philosophy that you know someone from Haddonfield like happened to know and like and 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 so they're they're jamming it down our their dj throats they're jamming it down our throats to like say that like you know these 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 supposedly very interesting things about evil and towns and stuff like that i think in theory it's fascinating this first movie the first movie in this trilogy was the showdown between the three women, Lori, her daughter, and her granddaughter, and Michael. And they lose. And that's totally fine because that movie is amazing and we're going to get another one. The second one is about the town and how who's the real villain here. Is it the town like cast you know, on Michael or is Michael because he actually is like the murderer? Did they make him that way? All that. I think that's fascinating. And that reflects a little bit of like Halloween 2, like expanding the story. And then this third one. I get it, what they're trying to do. They're trying to, like, you know, they say it a million times, like, you know, is, is evil contagious? Is evil inside of us? Does the town make us evil? Do our surroundings make us evil when we don't have it? Is it always inside? Like, all of that stuff. I get it. Like, but I just think this movie was, like, somebody saying, like, I'm going to bake a pie. And it's going to be the best pie you ever tasted in your whole life. It's going to be layered, super interesting, tons of different delicate flavors. And you're so excited for the pie because, like, you know, you've been set up for this, like, very thrilling, like, end game, which is, like, eating the pie. And then they, like, don't use in, – in, they don't use a recipe. And they're just, like, throwing things into the pie. And, like, mm-hmm. it's still a pie, but, like, you just didn't, like – you didn't finesse. There wasn't enough finesse. There wasn't enough. Like it just like, it's this gloop in front of you. And, and yeah. I think it was just a poorly executed, excellent idea. So I understand if people like this movie, they're attaching them to me. They're attaching themselves to these ideas. They like the fact that they're switching it up a little, a little bit like Halloween three season of the witch, which I've never seen. But I also hear that like, the blue text in this movie is reminiscent of Halloween three. So the idea is that Michael's not really in this one, just like he's not in that one. So it's like an homage to that as well. And then in this one, they're watching the thing at the beginning of this movie, obviously like huge, like analogy for the fact that like, you know, evil takes, you know, uh, all of us inside and whatnot. And in the original movie, they're watching the original thing movie on TV. So, like, I get what you're trying to do. You phone it in in the first sequence, which I think is great. Because I think the idea of this babysitter attempting to, like, show the kids movies, scare them a little bit, whatever, um, 
but Michael's always in the background. That's the cool thing about this movie. Michael is always in the background. He's in the background of their minds. He doesn't need to be in the town for there to be evil in the town. I think that's awesome. I think it's really poorly done. The scenes are awful. That one scene where she's talking to the sheriff in the grocery store about her hair is so poorly written and gross. Like it's just hard to side with these characters who I've actually kind of gotten to like over two um, movies. Um, Allison is just a different character, and I'm okay with her being a different character because her mother and father. I've got peanut butter. My penis died. And like, and like you're obviously that's going to have a huge impact on you, but like, it just didn't track at all for some reason. Like, and I get it. Like, I love when they go out to the party and they're two traumatized people letting loose. I thought that was great. And then the mother, see the mother who still dresses a flapper sees him there. And is just like, you know, I like the idea that she puts on the same costume every year. Cause maybe it'll change. You know what I mean? Like, I like all of that stuff, but I just think it's so poorly executed and written. I mean, first of all, if you saw at the beginning when they're, when he's riding his bike, someone spray painted love lives today instead of evil dies tonight on uh, one of the walls. Um, oh. <coughs> um, yeah. My biggest gripe about so that, those are all my likes. I love what it was trying to do. And I also did like the final fight scene in like the last like five minutes of the movie. Like that was, that mm. was what I wanted. Um, Okay, um, um, I'm just going to run these down because I know we have to uh, get to other stuff. But um, yeah, the marching band, um, in no community are the kids from a marching band the the bullies and the bad guys. Um, That was just so truly unbelievable. And I, I like... I don't know why you just don't make them like something else or the losers from school or whatever it is. Cause like, I think very similar to other movies we watch, like the dad is mean to the kids. So the kid picks on somebody else. It just felt very disingenuous that it was the marching band kids. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, here are my quotes from the movie that I loved. Cute. Isn't she? the fuck is wrong with people in this town? The doctor making that comment to the nurse, like also so crazy. Also, is a theme of this that like the men are evil in this town because the women don't speak up because that's, that's one of the messages that they put through here. Like mm. when he, when, he, when Corey's like, why don't you speak up to them? She's like, well, I'm almost, she like makes her excuses. And he's like, basically to me, it's saying that like you're perpetrating or you're, you're, you're perpetuating, excuse me, the evil by not speaking up, which is like not necessarily false, but it was also weird to, for the character to like put that on the women of the thing. And then the other right. nurse was sleeping with the doctor. Anyway, um, great scene. It's going to make you sad. Even if you don't think it does. Thank you, Corey. Um, quote, boys who keep secrets don't get custard for dessert. Oh, that mom. Yeah. And then the mom. That mom. Oh my God. When she kisses him on the mouth. Um, Why? Why? What is this movie? Uh, the teen, no. the, the, the uh, DJ, you, you teased him. Your grandma teased a man with brain damage and he snapped. Um, like, I think that was a weird line, but I think that was an interesting concept that like all of a sudden Lori is, beca- is being framed as the evil in the town, even though she didn't really do anything, but people need somebody to blame now that Michael's not around. And like, right. I like that idea. I like the idea that Haddonfield is a character. Like, yes, it's overly campy about how they're evil and stuff like that. But I like that. I just don't think it was done well. Um, and then of course his dad, I hope you find love. <laughs> Um, oh that poor dad so just some other things um i uh yeah the whole like transferring evil and printing thing like 
I don't think this movie made a decision if like Michael like is supernatural and like got to him or um, if like we're supposed to say like was the evil inside of him. Like it's being very literal about something that it, and I'm not sure if it's trying to be um, an analogy or a, an, uh, you know, any, any, you know, I'm not sure what it's trying to do there, which is fine. It just I felt like it never made a decision. A movie can make a decision and still be ambiguous. This feel like they never made an actual decision. Um, yeah. Why did she go see Corey's mom? That doesn't make sense. Because nothing happened in that scene. So he kills the cop in the the tunnel, and he, and he gets stronger because he's murdering. Okay, fine. That tracks if we're going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did the town create evil, or was it always there? Six and Defunction. Um, uh, I did like her being trapped underneath the gate, underneath the car. That was very scary. Um, yes. <laughs> the niche quote. Oh, I do not like that this movie makes it a point to say that she has been sober and then in order to go through with her plan at the end she has to have a drink i -hmm. think that that completely tied into jamie's thought before about like making her weaker like i thought that was gross that she needed to have like a sip of alcohol to go through with her fake suicide plan which i think was a good plan but like i i i absolutely like found that kind of yucky that like it needed to do that um Pans and kitchen appliances are the real MVP and hero of this story. Mm. Um, uh, also, I guess Haddonfield's big enough that they have a you're leaving Haddonfield now sign. Um, don't know if I'd woo a lady with a vegetable basket, but like that's okay too. Um, but, yeah. There you go. It was a fascinating concept in the wrong movie. That, that, that's, that's, that's where I go with that. I, I like the end. I did like the end. Like I liked that the town was like lifting him and like throwing him in because like we are getting it was looked it but it but it felt like a silly scene when I think it could have been way more powerful. Also, what Jamie said earlier, what you needed to do to improve this trilogy is um um introduce Corey in the second movie as a friend of Allison, um, who she feels bad for in some ways, but because we know his story. We like kind of know what happened through pieces. And then you open up the third one with what actually happened. Right. And so like you get like pieces of his story there. And one, he and Allison already have a relationship Two, You already know the rumors about this kid, but now you actually see what happened. And I feel like that's a little bit more of a way to massage him into the story. Like you don't just like, introduce him in like that's why people don't like season two of lost because you're introducing the tale you know like anytime you introduce new characters on lost because you're on an island like oh yeah they were on the plane like it just it have a hard time like stomaching that and if you had him as a background character in other movies like then maybe but so i didn't i appreciated what this movie was trying to do i've thought about it a lot since we watched it on friday um but I, I, it's not for me. I didn't like it because I don't think it's a well-made movie. But I think the intent is interesting. Yeah. Those are all really, really good points. Especially, uh, yes, claps for, claps for Brian. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it, especially with the Corey thing, because I, I did think it was really fast how him and Allison got together. And that was creepy in and of itself. And just saying that their bond is going to be because of their trauma, trauma bonding. That's going to be what lights the way for their, uh, for their relationship is really sloppy. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, let's get into some mm, brains. Brains. Mm. And 
know we got a lot to talk about, especially with uh, how they depict evil and all those kinds of things. But the first thing that I want to kind of ask you, Jamie, is let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about um, kids and horror movies and being exposed at a young age and what that could potentially do uh, to their minds. And I know in a previous episode, we talked a little bit about <laughs> how we would, if we had kids, you know, what movies we would share with them and all this stuff. But I just want to know, Jamie, do you have any thoughts or inputs on exposing kids uh, too young to uh, horror movies and what it could potentially do to uh, their developing minds? Yeah. I mean, I can like giving personal anecdotes. I mean, it, it definitely made me have a lot of fears of a lot of things at a young age and <laughs> had nightmares. Uh, so I understand like when the mom in the beginning is talking about like this kid's like really fixated on this thing that he's mm -hmm. also afraid of. Um, and I get that because it's like, Sometimes in understanding or having more information, we feel like that can like offset the fear or the anxiety. And like in some, I feel like in some situations, in some contexts, like, yeah, you know, like the more you learn about it, the more you can kind of debunk it and be like, oh, okay. Like it's not as scary as I previously thought because like mm -hmm. I didn't know as much or like there was a lot of unknowns and I had to fill in the blanks and I filled them in with like scarier things. But like, right. you know, when you, when you offer more information, sometimes like that can be helpful. Um, but I think in general, like there are certain things that like, you know, young people probably don't need to see super young and exactly it, it probably is only making it more difficult for, for parents when their kids are seeing these things. I mean, Hey, like I, I had sleep issues like my entire childhood from mm. barely glimpses of, of spooky things that I saw when I was a kid. And yeah. I was just an anxious kid. So like that definitely did not help. It didn't help. <laughs> um, not, not really. But like yeah. outside of that, like developmentally, I, I mean, I don't, I can't really think of anything like more. It, I think it just like depends on what it is and like how, how then are the parents like trying to support their kid in like whatever it was that they, they saw or like were exposed to. I yeah. also think like seeing something one time versus seeing it repeatedly also looks different. That's fair. Um, so like a one-off, you know, if it truly was like a one-off, the, the impact looking differently compared to like repeat somehow repeatedly seeing like scary, scary images or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. That makes sense. So let's talk about the commentary on is a person born with evil or is it their environment and all the things. So I just want to ask a, a, a more generalized question on how much do you think change happens within a person due to their environment or how people treat them, how they're brought up uh, in relation to change that happens because something was already um, on the inside of, of you, speaking towards, you know, if there's evil inside of you as opposed to was it brought out of you? Yeah, like nature versus nurture. Absolutely. It comes back to nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, <clears throat> like me, I personally kind of 
lean on, you know, what role does like your environment and the things around you, how does that influence your, your perspective, your, like your experiences, your values, all of that stuff. And so like, I don't know if there are, I don't know if I would say that I feel like things get like unlocked, but I do wonder like, you know, at least in the context of this, a town that's already primed for a huge shared collective trauma. Mm -hmm. And then like when something else bad happens, like how quick are they to, you know, apply the things that are, that they're already kind of like thinking of or like is on their mind to somebody when like something bad happens, even if it's an accident and, and like, you know, the person on the receiving end, even like every, the things that we got, like the snippets of like who Corey was before, Mm -hmm. you know, were like, oh, this was like unheard of and yada, yada, which actually as a side note, I always get annoyed in like true crime things when people are interviewed after like something terrible happens and everyone's anecdote is like, oh my God, like, you know, Johnny would never, like that was unheard of. Johnny Mm -hmm. was a nice boy. And I'm just like, ugh, like, okay, let's stop with that because I, it's just like, first of all, who are these people that are like speaking to say that know who this person is and like what's going on for this person. Mm -hmm. Like if anything, the anecdote should be coming from like hopefully the mental health professionals that like might've had contact with them. Like where's the therapist that's helping Corey with this awful situation that like is a total accident. But like, of course it's going to impact him. Like, you know, you can't imagine like the guilt that he must feel as a result of something like this. Absolutely. And so like that, his therapist is truly the only person whose opinion I care about. Obviously his mom is, I don't know what is going on with his mom. I can't handle Corey's mom. (laughs) Corey and his mom sitting in a tree. Okay. No, thank you. Um, But I, yeah. So like, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're like just constantly on this receiving end of people viewing you a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that like that person then, you know, okay, well, if they want a killer, I'll be their killer. Like right. that's a movie trope. That's yes. not real life things. Like if anything, yes. I feel like people at their core are resilient and they want to prove people wrong and they'll put way more energy into like challenging people's beliefs versus being like, oh, well they think I'm bad. So I'll show them bad. Like mm-hmm. nobody does that. That's not like this isn't real life. So I feel like even, I mean, I get the desire to be like, I'm over Havenfield. Like, ha- like I also can't understand why all these people are staying in this place. Like that does mm-hmm. not, that doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. at, at its core. And not saying that people don't stay in places where like tragedy and trauma strike, but it's just like, the way that this community has like evolved from all of this, like Mm -hmm. especially the people who have been directly impacted. Why are you staying here? Why are you not, you know, getting the hell out of Dodge? Like that doesn't make sense. So if anything, I understand like Corey, you know, facing like the wrath of this entire town that's like treating him this way because of an accident. And they're like putting, they're like putting their own crap 
on him, mm-hmm. like having dealt with Michael Myers. They're like putting that on Corey, even though like, and he doesn't have to necessarily, you know, internalize that. Like maybe if he got therapy, maybe if he left, then he could just like, you know, deal, cha- like address the guilt and and like trauma that he experienced going through this, right. this situation and like, and then, and then start over in a place where like people aren't, you know, accusing him or like putting their own stuff on him. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, then the through line doesn't make sense of like, no, he's inherently evil. So I'm not talking about that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. But also, I mean, it sounds like the moral of the story is what, where was his therapist? Yeah. <laughs> because where, where are the therapists? That's the, the people want to know. And the people are me. Yes, exactly. Especially I am the people. I think Allison does mention that like, Lori was in therapy and mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, getting getting herself together. But I want to hear from I that think, therapist. I think they talk about that in the first movie, if I'm not mistaken, because mm. they're talking about like, you know, the trauma that Lori has experienced and what how that has like evolved her character. Again, because her character is like totally different in the first one. Well, in the and like in the first they one, like cognitive behavioral therapy, don't they? I think so, but I think in the first one, you're. Supp- I, I we haven't seen it in a while, but I'm I'm just yeah. I'm just off the top of my dome, um, uh, off the top I of the dome. I think we were to assume that Laurie's daughter, the Judy Greer character, was a therapist because remember that scene uh, she talks about like her clients, and I think she mentions yeah, cognitive yes. behavior. Like I think we're supposed to assume that she became a therapist because her mom was so screwed up. I that's think that's right. what we're thinking of. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think you are also correct. But I do like I think that you know in both like trying to get sober and dealing with her alcoholism, dealing with the trauma that she experienced, like all all that to say, I'm glad that she's seemingly getting the support that like she needed. This whole time, there's no such thing as like too little, too late when it comes to therapy. Yes. You can go at any time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so like that made me happy that, you know, she's like getting this support that she needed. She really needed it and like Absolutely. is actually accessing it. So good job, yes. Lori Strode. Woo-hoo. Good job. <laughs> okay. So uh, a favorite of mine, we need to Billy or Stu, Corey. <laughs> Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. It's a screen, baby. Billy or Stu. <laughs> so, Jamie, let's talk about it. Billy or Stu. I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but let's okay. Have at it. So, so I actually, I'm having a really hard time with this one because there's so much that like doesn't really make sense to me about about his actions, like. Mm. I get that all the people that are being targeted are people that have wronged Corey previously, but also what is he, how is, why is Michael following him around to all of these places? Mm. Like how, I don't understand like the, the symbiosis between (laughs) Corey and Michael Myers were like, now they are accomplices. Like they're working, like they're collaborating. I don't understand that. So that makes it harder for me to kind of suss out like in some ways I feel like there's some Billy in there because it seems like he's orchestrating this intentionally. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like 
he's going back and forth between like murdering people and then like picking up and driving around Allison. Yeah. And I'm like, how thoughtful are these plans? Like how much are you like, you know, directing all of this stuff? It, it doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't think that he's either. He's okay. a stewie. I- <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's a stewie. He's yeah, a combination of I both. guess. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> he's both, but neither. He's like in his own category. Cause like, again, I'm not, I'm not totally clear on what is going he's on. He's a yeah. Michael. Is there a third one? <laughs> he's a Michael. <laughs> No, but yes. Jamie, I I think what you just said actually encompasses a lot of my problems with this movie is that mm. um, thematically, I get it. Thematically, Michael and Corey are the same in that, but, but also not, in that like the town created villains out of these people. For instance, like Michael killed his sister. He probably needed help. Like, whatever the case may be. But we, as a society, put the label of evil on him without helping. And then Corey's, which is not as serious. I mean, it is serious, but it's a very different scenario. Like, mm-hmm. we, again, he actually got off. and But, you know, the town didn't, like, you know, support him. They did that. I totally understand thematically where they're coming from. However, logistically in the movie... You need to do a better job explaining it to me than like some weird Twilight imprinting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it, and to your point, Jamie, too, of that whole following, Michael Myers following Corey around, the only thing that I can think of is that he was also just trying to find other random people to kill so he could get stronger. So like Corey was was on his way to kill somebody, but Michael may have been like, all right, I'm going to get to this person so that I can, because I'm only thinking of the the nurse friend who was not a friend, a friend of me who got the promotion. And yeah. Corey went to the house to kill the doctor and the whatever, but then Michael Myers comes and kills the the nurse friend. Mm-hmm. I can only, th- and then he does like this weird, like I'm getting my powers thing after he killed somebody. <laughs> it's just like, so are we to assume that he went to the doctor and nurse's house as sort of like revenge for allison i would think think that yeah because then that's obviously also different than michael he's actually picking off people that like not just get his way but he's going out of his way to seek revenge like with these relationships he's had which is fine but also like Sorry, your audio just went like very spooky. Wait, Rich, can you? Am I still spooky right now? No, you're normal again. Wait, really? Yeah, I think. Okay, Nikisha, you experienced that too. That wasn't just me. Okay. Yes, it sounded like you were possessed, and then it went back to normal. Oh no, I've been imprinted by Michael. <laughs> um, I really hope that that is captured. Yeah, uh, we'll in see. The recording. So if it wasn't captured, friends, uh, that's weird. <laughs> if it was captured, like I didn't hear it, so <laughs> spooky. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll stop there. But you understand my point. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. That just really took me out. And I'm so happy that you also heard that, Jamie. Both of your eyes lit up being like, one, I was like, oh, no, I'm on mute this whole time. Then I thought to myself, like, oh, they hate what I'm saying. They hate it so much. And then I was like, maybe they said this already and I wasn't listening. But I listened to the whole thing. And then I, like, had that immediate millennial anxiety inside of myself until you tell me exactly what's happening. (laughs) 
That's the real horror here. Millennial anxiety is the, is the real monster. <laughs> Corey's yeah. monster is millennial anxiety. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Yeah, the whole town doesn't that like him. That's literally a millennial's fear. That is, yes. Sure. <laughs> Oh, and God. still the fact that you have to interact with them in some capacity, that's mm-hmm. always not fun. 100%. Uh, <laughs> okay. My last question, and this is an uh, open thing, and we've already sort of kind of discussed this, so you can shorthand this if uh, you said it, but do you feel like this movie is giving commentary on something? And if so, is was that commentary necessary? Uh, can I start? Yes, go ahead. I think it's trying to. I don't. I think it's all over the place in terms of what's actually. It, it never fine tuned its thesis, and therefore okay. it's a little bit all over the place. I don't know mm-hmm. if we, I, I think. I think like mob mentality and the effect that larger groups have on individuals is fascinating. I just don't think this. This movie like bunted instead of hitting a home run. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Because you know, and I just think about it too, and it, it kind of goes back to when we were talking about barbarian and uh just some of the thematic themes and me just listening to the director say i at first just wanted to make a fun horror movie and then there's just other things that get you know put in or layered within within the movie but i i i just think that sometimes things you don't have to have i understand we're in the in a time where there are things that need a commentary that you need to commentate on but all in all in essence like if you just want to make a horror movie for horror movie's sake and you just want to you know have all of the insides on the outsides like that is also in itself the, the genre and so the idea that things need to have you know commentary attached to it can be a disservice. And I think that it is a disservice in to me in this movie because the whole chain is set up as just a fun horror movie. <laughs> like we, when we, when you watch the first Halloween movie, you don't really think about, oh, this is making a thesis statement about this. It's like, no, this is a slasher movie. That's what it is. Well, and not to say the two are mutually exclusive, but you know, Go ahead. I'll let Jamie take this because we were talking about this yeah. in the car the other day about like what the original Halloween like like yeah. is I and mean, represents. I think that that I think the thesis of the original one, in addition to just like being a scary slasher, mm. is the the idea that like you know historically people seek safety in the suburbs and like it's supposed to be safer compared to like city living Fair. or even like the like rural where like Com- you have compared to what. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> living in a city uh, and uh, or compared to like, you know, in the in rural areas where you have like the hills have eyes kind of thing. Mm. But now this idea that like, oh, the suburbs aren't the safe haven that we once thought they were. Look at the, look at this where some mm. like scary things can happen here and really like disrupting that idea. So like that's what I feel like the thesis is of the OG one. And then this trilogy, you know, then taking the, like what happens to a town, how does it evolve after experiencing, you know, this type of trauma collectively. But again, I feel like the, the message is like, there's just too much going on that I feel like is distracting from that core message of like, again, like I feel like the attempt 
makes sense. Like I would, I am interested in what happens to, to this town as a result of experiencing this thing, mm. but I just don't, I'm, I'm not, the execution did not land for me. Yeah. No, I can get that. And that through line does make sense, but all in all, if it's sloppy, it's sloppy. <laughs> yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Like the sloppy Ooh. Joes they were buying in that grocery store. Ooh. Is that is that what they were buying? No, I just wanted to say that. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'll, <laughs> we'll do Rotten Tomatoes. I'll mute. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, is there any other last thoughts that we have before we get into all of our rankings and stuff? Just love lives today. It <laughs> yeah. sure does. Love, 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 love. What was that Powerpuff Girl song? Do you remember that? Yeah. Just me? Okay, cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think that this movie has on the thing called Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Nikisha, why don't you go first? What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Okay, I uh, um, can I just say on Peacock they show the thing, and I watched this yesterday. But would it be different mm. today? Do you think? Possibly, it might maybe. Be. I have accidentally seen it like on Friday, and then. Oh. I'm assuming it's different. So, I told you that. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's do a test. Tell okay. me what you saw the day you watched it. So Jamie saw it on Friday. Nikisha okay. saw it on Saturday. Let's see what it is on Sunday. Fantastic. Saturday it was uh, sixty. I think it was on Friday. I think it was in the forties. Oh wow! It was low. <laughs> well, right now it has a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So oh. I'm wondering if let, let's see. So the thesis is the consensus here. Excuse me. Halloween ends for now, anyway, with a frequently <laughs> befuddling installment that stabs, slashed, and beaten by a series of frustrating and missed opportunities. Okay. Um, so that's the what, audience. The audience is 57, but there's nothing. Um, there's nothing there's that no, it, like, consensus. there's no like like written out consensus um, okay. there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I also am interested in seeing, I don't remember, does anyone remember what Halloween kills was? I'm looking it up now. Mm -mm. Um, no, but Halloween kills is, uh, is, is probably, I would assume that Halloween kills is higher, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it probably is. It, oh, no, it's not. Halloween kills is a 39%. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that's crazy. And then the Halloween um, 2018 on Rotten mm. Tomatoes has a 79%. 79? Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, let's do some four S's. Cool. Oh, maybe I was looking at the audience score. <clears throat> can they put both of those? Mm. Oh, the maybe. Thing? I think 60 was the audience score. Just kidding. Uh, fantastic. Four S's, yes. Okay. Yes. Scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, let, uh, Jamie, let's start with your skull, scares, and shakes. One out of ten. Skulls is how it handles human health and mental behavior. Scares is how scary it was, and shakes is how much you will remember this. Um, Jamie, uh, and then we'll do suggestions in a bit. Jamie, what are your thoughts? 
Um, so for skulls, I gave this a two because I just really have a hard time understanding hmm. people's motivations and general behavior. Uh, for scares, I gave it a three. Um, I I didn't find this super scary. Um, but like, again, there's some moments of like tension and like, oh, what's going to happen? I also yeah. was like, there's no way that that Laurie Strode is like going to commit suicide and I'm insulted at the thought that, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to. But then I was like, well, this is about to happen. Um, shakes, I gave it to. This movie, you know, I'm like, okay, it ended. Cool. Give me the three year, the reboot in three years and we'll exactly. be on to the next one. So not, not very uh, memorable for me. Mm-mm. Nikisha, what about you? Um, I gave Skulls a four just for the potential of it all, uh, but, you know, still not executed well. Scares, I gave it a two. And uh, Shakes, I gave it a two as well. Cool. I gave this a one for Skulls. I just, I think that trying and failing for something of this nature is worse Mm. than trying and making it a little bit interesting. Um, I give it a four for Scares because I did, I did like have a, visceral reaction when that kid fell at the beginning um and then Mm. the um the dj scene was like not great also when they break his arm at the end i i hate that like that kind of stuff always gets me and like his his like hand in half like that stuff um i gave this a five for shakes because i didn't Mm. like it but i think i will think about what it was trying to do i will think about this one way more than halloween kills because i just I thought this was so poorly executed, but had interesting ideas that like, I'll still think about it. I will not be watching Mm -hmm. this again. Like I'm not going to be thinking about it enough to watch it again. So there's that. Um, I'll start with my suggestions. Um, I went with smile. Um, It's a better movie from this year. Let's talk about like evil and trauma and like passing on evil through trauma. Like if we want to talk about that stuff, like just go see smile. So what if, what a fun horror ride this year um and it and it and it doesn't it, it's trying to say something whether you like it or not and it it, it it sometimes hits you over the head with it but it's just way better executed for what it's trying to do yeah i still need to go see smile oh uh oh god <laughs> not the creepy um i i could not think of a suggestion so i'm just gonna go jamie you um, I also, I had a really hard time trying to think of a suggestion, but in Brian and I's discussions in the car over the weekend, I'm going to go with the most recent scream. Is that five scream mm. for scream? Mm-hmm. Scream five. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, in reflecting on this and like the trilogy and then like kind of thinking bigger on like our slashers that we have, I feel like scream is a more, and I'm so sorry if I offend people, I think Scream is a more effective uh, franchise when it comes to sequels and like the chain expanding because mm-hmm. the through line isn't one singular killer. You have the image of the killer, Ghostface, but they're always trying to say something, you know, contemporary and that's the meta. And as long mm-hmm. as you have those two things, this fran- that chain will literally, that can it, it will never die. Unlike this, where, like, they have to have this, like, big, okay, Michael's dead. Like, this, the evil is ending because it's just a person as far as we, you know, as far as we know. Right. Again, they they decide however they want to decide that every time they reboot this. Again, similar to, like, Freddy and Jason who are immortal. So I Mm. feel like it already kind of, you know, 
you got a different a different way to keep the franchise going with the the scream. Yeah, scream absolutely. Cool, cool beans. Well, cool beans. The beans are cool. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up our episode of Halloween ends. You can follow us on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Wherever you get podcasts. Of course, you can watch it on YouTube. Hi! But you can also find us on things like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please! And thank you. Uh, yeah, and then the rest of this month, um, well, if you're listening, we're going to be doing VHS 99. Um, and uh, we're also going to be covering um, uh, some other spooky stuff. But VHS 99 is the other new one we're covering this month. Uh, for all other stuff, go to um, uh, TikTok. TikTok. Thank you. TikTok me. Fantastic. Brian, you want to leave us with a fabulous quote from this movie? Yeah. Nikisha, boys who keep <laughs> secrets don't get custard for dessert. <laughs> who even eats custard? That's oh. such a, Listen, oh, you teased a man with brain damage and he snapped. <laughs> More like Oh, yeah. Can I just say, nobody, nobody blames the doctor from yes. the Halloween 2018 Dr. that Lillman released or the him. Other one. Hello, yeah. yeah, for the sure. Other doctor, yeah. So yeah. that that's my last word. Or the podcasters. If that guy. Blame the podcasters. Oh yeah, they, and they suck too. <laughs> they all the podcasters are the worst. <laughs> the end. The end. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>